up. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The Oracle Network. Due to the mature content of this program, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to The Depth of Darkness, the podcast that dives deep into all things dark and wrong in this world. All right, everybody, it's Mandy. I'm riding solo for this one. But welcome back. So for this week's episode, I'll be diving deep, all kinds of deep, into a creepy theory that makes us question our own reality. And I'm sure we've all seen the movie The Matrix, where the character Neo meets a mysterious man named Morpheus and decides to follow him down the rabbit hole to discover what is actually real and what is a simulation. So, after deciding to follow Morpheus, Neo wakes up in a futuristic cocoon-type pod and is hooked up to tubes that we assume are feeding him his virtual reality. He comes to discover that what was real before was nothing more than just a computer-simulated mass of ones and zeros, or computer language. Kind of a creepy concept, and it seems that ever since the release of The Matrix... The idea of this type of reality actually being a virtual simulation, it's exploded. Like, people just took it and ran with it. And you know what? You guessed it. That's actually what we'll be talking about today. So without further ado, let's dive deep into the simulation hypothesis. So I'm going to be moving over to our beloved Wikipedia. And according to Wikipedia, the simulation hypothesis, or simulation theory, proposes that all of reality, including the Earth and the universe, is in fact an artificial simulation. Some versions rely on the development of a simulated reality, a proposed technology that would seem realistic enough to convince its inhabitants that the simulation was real. The hypothesis has been a central plot device for many science fiction stories and films. So you're probably wondering, where did this theory originate from, and does it have any viable evidence to back up the claim? I'm, I'm sure we're all wondering that. I know I was when I first dove into this. So there's actually a long philosophical and scientific history to the underlying thesis that reality is actually just an illusion. This skeptical hypothesis can be traced back to antiquity, for example, to the butterfly dream of Zhangzi or the Indian philosophy of Maya. A version of the hypothesis was also theorized as part of a philosophical argument by René Descartes. And again, some of this info, it was all taken from Wikipedia. So moving on, a 
According to an article taken from the website Scientific American, a popular argument for the simulation hypothesis came from the University of Oxford philosopher Nick Bostrom in 2003. This was when he suggested that members of an advanced civilization with enormous computing power might decide to run simulations of their ancestors. They would probably have the ability to run many, many simulations, to the point where the vast majority of minds would actually be artificial ones within such simulations, rather than the original ancestral minds. Simple statistics suggest it's much more likely that we are among the simulated minds. And there are other reasons to think we might be virtual. For instance, the more we learn about the universe, the more it appears to be based on mathematical laws. Perhaps that is not a given, but a function of the nature of the universe we are living in. If I were a character in a computer game, I would also discover eventually that the rules seemed completely rigid and mathematical, said Max Tegmark, a cosmologist at MIT. That just reflects the computer code in which it was written. Furthermore, ideas from information theory keep showing up in physics. In my research, I found this very strange thing, said James Gates, a theoretical physicist at the University of Maryland. I was driven to error-correcting codes. They're what make browsers work. So why were they in the equations I was studying about quarks and electrons and supersymmetry? This brought me to the stark realization that I could no longer say people like Max are crazy. All right, so that was just a brief tidbit from the article on Scientific American. A lot of quotes, a lot of people's names, a lot of scientists. And, you know, this that article was actually written by Clara Moskowitz. I, I'll leave the, all the information down below if you guys want to look into it a little bit more. But the article definitely has a lean towards the likelihood of a virtual reality that we live in. And that our minds, our entire existence at that, being nothing but a mathematical simulation, much like we see in the super realistic video games that some of us adults and our kids like to play. <laughs> they're fun, they're entertaining, and it's actually really cool to see how they've progressed over the years that they went from games like Castlevania, games like Zelda, you know, the, the, the little bit games to what they are today, where they're super, super realistic. And it's actually really cool. So it, it puts it in your mind that this could actually be plausible. Maybe not likely, but it could be. We don't know. We have to dive into it deeper. On a quick side note, everybody, I also wanted to mention that at the end of that article that I just referenced, the Scientific American, the author actually brought up some positive aspects. So if, if we actually lived in this simulated hypothesis, you know, if, if the simulation hypothesis was actually real, if it did end up being real and we were just a simulation, so this is what they had to say. But some were mere contemplative, saying the possibility raises some weighty spiritual questions. If the simulation hypothesis is valid, then we open the door to eternal life and resurrection and things that formerly have been discussed in the realm of religion, Gates suggested. The reason is quite simple. If we're programs in the computer, then as long as I have a computer that's not damaged, I can always rerun the program. And that was the end of the quote. In my opinion, honestly, when it's put that way, it wouldn't be completely horrible if my life was nothing but a simulation. If it was that aspect of it, if you put it that way. Because some people believe when you die, that's it. You're done. Life is all we have. Others believe there's something after death. You know, it's, it's, it's weighted. People have their own opinions on life after death, if it's real, if it's not. But if we are simply just a simulation, and this is the case where you can just be rebooted and then you're conscious again, is it really that horrible? I mean, really, really, really think about it. I don't, I don't think it would be. You get to relive all those special moments, even if they were fake, if it was a simulation, if everything we touch and feel is just fake, if the loved ones that we experience moments with, if that's all fake, that's kind of depressing. Really, it is. But at the same time, you get to relive those same emotions, those same feelings, which it could be bad. I mean, <laughs> 
all the pain that you experienced, all the, the anger, anything negative, you'll feel those again. But all of the good moments will come too. But, you know, it's somewhat of a strange take on the concept of an afterlife, or even being immortal to that extent. But it might be cool to think of living on in a computer, especially if it meant I could live numerous different lives. So not even just the same one, but if I could live different lives over the years by continuously just going back into a new simulation each time. Each time I die, go back to, you know, point A. (laughs) Restart the game. But it's not completely terrible, but that's just my take on it. So now moving on to some additional research that backs up the possibility of the simulation hypothesis. And according to an article taken from Vulture.com, this was titled 15 Irrefutable Reasons Why We Might Be Living in a Simulation. And this was author Matt Stibe, and he goes over some convincing reasons that could potentially prove the theory has some truth to it. So one of the reasons on his list that hit home for me specifically was the Mandela effect, which if you guys don't know, I'm sure you do. But what the Mandela effect is, is that there are certain memories that many, many people, not just a few, mass amounts of people remember from the past, but it actually turns out those memories are incorrect. Some of the most common Mandela effect which is where it got its name, was where many people recall that the news covered Nelson Mandela's death back in 1980, when actually he recently passed away in 2013. So that was where it got its name. It's like, well, so many people remember him dying so much longer ago, but he was actually alive. So why are so many people remembering the same thing if it's if it's inaccurate? And another big-time example was actually a beloved children's book, and it was The Berenstain Bears. Now, Berenstain, how would you spell that? Many people remember it as Berenstain, with E-I-N at the end. But when you look at books nowadays, it's A-I-N at the end. And I'm actually one of the people who remember it being written with an E-I-N. And I'm not alone on that. But some people still remember it A-I-N. So it's like, did we go through a wormhole or a black hole? Did something shift in our universe that caused this difference? It's just very weird. It's faulty memories. Is that all it is? Is it just faulty memories where people are confused and it just happened to more than one of us? Or is it something bigger? You know, is, it, is there something more stimulated behind all of this? We may never know. A more scientific example that could prove the truth behind the simulated hypothesis is the reality that some DNA contains what appears to be a computer virus. Yeah, yeah, you heard that right. <laughs> a computer virus. According to Stibe, so going back to the original article... In 2017, a multidisciplinary group of researchers at the University of Washington proved that they could embed malicious computer code into physical strands of DNA. Their aim was to show that computers working in gene sequencing were vulnerable to attack. But they may also have inadvertently revealed that what we perceive to be biological reality was in fact computer code all along. So... (laughs) How freaking creepy is that, guys? A freaking computer virus could be planted into an actual physical DNA strand. Like, how how can that even be? <laughs> I mean, really think about that. That's so creepy. That's super creepy. So I just wanted to embed, no pun intended, that little bit from the article because I thought it was super creepy. So another scientific example from Stibe's list was how electrons sometimes can't make up their minds. They just can't. They're indecisive bastards. So according to the article, and then this is another quote, In physics' famous double-slit experiment, electrons are fired up at a photosensitive screen through slits in a copper plate, usually producing an interference pattern that indicates wave-like behavior. 
But when the same experiment is conducted under observation, electrons behave like particles, not waves, and there's no interference pattern. Some have taken this to mean that simulation is conserving its resources and rendering certain things only when it knows we're looking at them. That was the end of the quote. And that's another super creepy thing to try and digest, isn't it? The thought that everything we perceive as reality is simply just codes in a giant computer that act a specific way in an attempt for us to stay brainwashed to this illusion of a virtual reality. I mean, that's just so creepy. It leaves a bad flavor in my mouth, but maybe that's just the virtual reality talking, right? (laughs) So now, although there are tons upon tons of articles, research done, and people who believe in the validity of this hypothesis, the simulation theory, there are several reasons to write the theory off as nothing more than science fiction. So according to an article, yes, another article, guys, we did a lot of research for this. This article was titled, Physicists Find We're Not Living in a Computer Simulation. And, you know, I I like how the title is really blunt about it. It doesn't mess around. It's like, in your face. No, we're not a simulation. And this was taken from the website cosmosmagazine.com. And that's Cosmos, not Cosmo. Don't get it twisted. It's not kinky. But there was a team of theoretical scientists from Oxford University in the UK who took the simulation hypothesis. They studied it. And they determined that based on the facts that they found, that they did after numerous studies... The idea of our reality being nothing more than a simulation, it was impossible. Not even just extremely unlikely, it was straight up impossible. And in the article, the researchers approached the theory by using a technique called the Quantum Monte Carlo to study the validity and possibility of the theory at hand. So, on a side note, I also wanted to mention that the Quantum Monte Carlo methods, this is what they are, so you're not like, what the hell is that? It's random sampling to analyze many body quantum problems where the equations involved cannot be solved directly. So, yeah. A, lo- a lot of uh, science-y words in this one, so I'm sorry if this is hurting your ears. But, yeah, that's kind of, a, that's kind of what it is. So, in the article, it's cited, Reality cannot be merely simulations generated by a massive extraterrestrial computer. Their research found that the discovery of a novel link between gravitational anomalies and computational complexity, they, again, the researchers, they discovered that the complexity of the simulation increased exponentially with the number of particles being simulated. So if the complexity grew linearly with the number of particles being simulated, then doubling the number of particles would mean doubling the computing power required. So if the complexity grows on an exponential scale where the amount of computing power was to double every time a single particle is added, then the task quickly becomes impossible. So the researchers calculated that just storing information about a couple of hundred electrons would require a computer memory that would physically require more atoms than that that exist in the universe. So going off of that, that would be a mass amount of computer power, which it's just not, it's not possible. That's what that one article mentioned. So... Now, I'm definitely far from being a scientist. You know, guys, I I don't know a lot about science. I love it, but I'm not good at it. And anything to do with quantum theory, quantum physics, I'm basically novice educationally when it comes to those. But it seems these researchers, they knew what they were doing and were very, very knowledgeable in the field of quantum mechanics. And they used their knowledge for that, for those studies, and they based a study on simulation hypothesis, and they ultimately determined that the plausibility of this theory is just highly unlikely, even more so impossible, <laughs> to put your mind at ease. Although science is ever-growing and there is so much more we need to learn just by discovery, hypothesis, research, and conclusions. 
there's always room for debate, and the simulation hypothesis is really no exception. And although the scientists in the Cosmos article, they determine the theory to be false, you know, who's to say that a few years down the road, more studies will be conducted and the theory will be validated? You know, you really never know. The debate will forever be ongoing until concrete evidence proves otherwise. It seems like there's pretty much concrete evidence to prove that it, it can be debunked. It's false. But what if? You know, what if there's more to it? You know, science is always evolving. It's always growing. It's always learning new things. So who's to say a few years down the road, a few decades, who knows? Maybe we are actually in a virtual reality. Maybe we'll know when we die. Who knows? <laughs> One day we will have the answer. So this was definitely a different type of topic than we normally focus on, but I wanted to mention it at least once, giving its growing popularity over the years and how creepy. I mean, it's creepy, this concept. It's so creepy. But the, the mere concept that everything we know could be nothing more than a simulation, it leaves an extremely unwelcome and bad taste in my mouth. You know, as I said, that could be the simulation talking. <laughs> it makes me feel very uneasy. But as I said before, and I'll say it again, who knows? Who knows? So I'll continue to live my life the best I can, whether it's a simulation or not. It's the only thing we can do at this point, right? So let us know your thoughts, your opinions on this. Everybody, you know, let us know whether or not you think this theory is fact. If you think it's just a bunch of science fiction storytelling to keep us up at night. You know, let us know your thoughts. We want to know what you think. So now that we've dived all kinds of deep into the simulation theory, let's dive even deeper into those closing statements. Whee! If you love our podcast and want to show your support, then please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever else you can leave reviews. This helps our show get noticed more easily and shows us that we're doing something right. To add on to that, if you want to shower us with more dark love even further, then the next step would be joining us on our Patreon and becoming a member of our Dark Abyss. You'll not only get additional content every week, but you'll also get a ton of other incentives that are exclusive to our patrons, so you definitely don't want to miss out on that. All the links, as always, they're down below for your viewing pleasure. So go on and give it a little peek. We know you want to. And with that said, everybody, that's it for this episode, folks. Thanks again for tuning in to the Depth of Darkness. And until next time, bye. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required. Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app.